The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Oh, hell no! Whatever! The following program contains opinions expressed by The Dead Zone. If you find this broadcast offensive, lighten up, candy ass. What? Oh my gosh. It's a radio show. Hell yeah! That's what I'm talking about. Power up request received. Initiating systems. Powering up transmitters. Welcome to the Dead Zone. This Dead Zone, February 14th, Valentine's Day. We hope everyone had a wonderful Valentine's Day. If you didn't, then more than likely, that's why you're listening to us right now. Hey, it's okay. We don't judge here. You always have next year. Tonight's guest will be Laura Ketchledge, an author, a filmmaker, a host, and an artist. I mean, we're talking about another zombie movie.net, Near Death TV, lauraketch.com, and neardeathart.com. Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Apparently, she is friends with our friends, Jason Snyder and Keith Age. Who, by the way, don't forget, Noncon in Ohio, Post Town Elementary School. It's going to be cool and it's free. Don't forget about that. Check it out on the web. Also, remember October 15th, DeadCon in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's going to be really cool and we're going to be there and we hope to see you there. So check it out. It's online as well. DeadCon.com. Do it. Finally, we get to have fun again. Anyway, before we do that, like always, I'm going to play some music. This is Hot Suede. Get what you came for.
grote ervaring. Are you in a band or Nova band that is currently unsigned and looking for airplay for free? We want to hear from you. One of the main goals of the show is to help promote up-and-coming bands and artists as well as our paranormal community. Getting your name out there can be tough, especially these days. Shoot us an email, deadzonebooking at gmail.com. If your music fits our genre, hard rock, 80s, 90s metal, and new metal, we want to help. This is Sandy Johnson, and you're listening to The Dead Zone. The following program is recommended for mature individuals and may contain material unsuitable for morons, cretins, and dishwipes. If you are a moron or a member of the PTL club, please turn off your radio because we don't need any more stupid, narrow-minded, pencil-neck geeks who wouldn't know the First Amendment if it came up and bit them on the butt. Thank you. Yeah! Hey, it's Michelle again, doing paranormal news and events on The Dead Zone. This week's episode is brought to you again by me, Michelle Poy, Associate Broker at Seasons of Indiana Real Estate. Contact me for all your real estate needs through my Dead Zone email, michelle.deadzone at gmail.com. That's Michelle with two L's, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot deadzone at gmail.com. This episode is also brought to you by K.D. Wakefield, the author of a new suspense thriller called Murderous Masquerade. This is available in paperback or Kindle, so order your copy today on Amazon. Paranormal News. Hello, this is Michelle with Paranormal News. On ReikiInfiniteHealer.com, there's an article about the six most common sources of emotional damage. I'm going, I'm not going to read the whole article about it. I'm just going to read uh, some of it here, which is going to be a lead-in to what I want to talk about. So the first one that he has listed is neglect or rejection. Neglect or rejection is commonly experienced in our childhood, and if we never address it, the pain will never heal. It's a sad fact that this is probably the number one thing that prevents people from healing. Common examples include neglectful or abusive parents who failed to care or nurture one's emotional spirit. Other situations include broken friendships, when a relationship breaks up or even a co-worker or acquaintance seems to be avoiding your presence. These experiences may cause us to lash out in anger or hold that negative emotion in certain chakras or deep within our energetic field. Most typically, emotional damage from rejection is held in the heart and solar plexus chakra. The next one he talks about is loss and dramatic stress. Stress is a natural emotion that results when you lose something important to you. Someone that you cared for passes away, or you suffer a traumatic experience like rejection. This kind of trauma is extremely difficult to overcome, but it can be done. The experience of loss can shatter one's assumptions about the world and force us to retreat inwardly. Chakras begin to close up and become warped, and our aura begins to change to a darkish gray color. The next one is guilt and shame. Rejection, loneliness, and loss are painful experiences caused in part by our need for strong connection with others. However, in guilt, you are the source of your own unhappiness. This can be a tough pill to swallow, but the majority of all guilt and shame starts from the self. Guilt comes as a form of misalignment from one's moral compass or direction and is commonly experienced in two ways. 
Unresolved guilt refers to the feelings left behind when you believe you may not have completely apologized for a wrong you committed against another person, even though in reality you did all that you could. So to overcome guilt, you must forgive yourself first. After you've forgiven yourself, you need to feel that it's okay for you to re-engage with your life and go on to enjoy that success you feel so guilty about. Next, we have living in the past. Going over and over the unpleasant or disappointing experiences in your life, whether real or imagined, takes its toll on your well-being. Just like a scar that you pick at over and over again, it will leave a permanent mark unless you learn how to stop. The first step to start living in the present is to realize that other people don't see the world the same way that you do. Most people are selfish, and that includes how they view themselves. If you find yourself replaying an event over and over again, you need to learn to let go. We often find it difficult to let go because we wish we could have changed things. But the fact is, those events have already taken place and are preventing us from living a full life in the present. Letting go is one of the many things that he emphasizes to his students that will help them unblock clogged chakras and begin living a refreshed life again. Next, we have failure. You can probably see a common thread running through the situations that are most likely to cause the pain. It's no surprise then that failure is one of the main situations that cause this kind of harm. We can often feel worthless and useless after failing at a task or a relationship. However, if we continue to live in the mindset of failure, we start to live in the past, causing our chakras to spin out of balance and create physical manifestations of our hurt. By talking to someone else, you may also help to get the perspective you need so that you can look for a silver lining in the experience of failure. Next, we have loneliness or solitude. The longer you go without relating closely to others, the more difficult it becomes to reestablish contact with new people or even get back in touch with the old friends you've drifted away from. This may cause us to believe that no one cares about us, but who is to know that you're hurting if you never share that with anyone? If you're convinced that no one could ever love or care about you as a result of your emotional pain or rejection or neglect, he has a method that he calls the replace to repair method. You are capable of love and being loved. Thinking positive thoughts to yourself can help with this process. Another great way to combat loneliness is to adopt a pet that you can nurture and grow. Pets are relatively inexpensive but may provide the support and listening that you need to open yourself up again and begin living a clearer, happier life. This is Rick McCollum of the Hollywood Ghost Hunters, and you're listening to The Dead Zone. Dead Zone WDZRDV Worldwide. Hello again. In my last segment, I discussed the six most common sources of emotional damage. So now I want to go on talking about emotional trauma. Again, this is off of ReikiInfiniteHealer.com. And the gentleman that runs this is Dave Nelson. He's a Reiki master. And he goes on to talk about how in his last blog that he wrote about the six situations And he received a lot of feedback, so he expanded further on this. So what is emotional and psychological trauma? Emotional and psychological trauma is the result of extraordinarily stressful events that shatter your sense of security, making you feel helpless in a dangerous world. This varies differently from regular stress, which may be temporary. Trauma causes or creates a lifelong pain. The more frightened and helpless you feel, the more likely you are to be traumatized. I've gone over the six most common events that cause emotional pain in my previous article. But to explain this further, it could also be caused by accidents, serious injuries, a negative environment, natural disasters, sudden attack, 
surgery, death, and so many more things. Chances are that you know someone who has experienced this kind of event before. The repercussions of trauma are many, everything from lasting physical pain and paralysis to emotional detachment. Since traumatic events are all experiences subjectively, there is no right or wrong way to think or respond about a situation. Judging one's own or another's experience may cause more suffering to endure rather than heal. But there are ways to heal from trauma. Whether or not a traumatic event involves death, survivors must cope with the loss, at least temporarily, of their sense of safety. The natural reaction to this loss is grief. Like people who have lost a loved one, trauma survivors go through a grieving process. And before you begin trying to repair the damage of trauma, make sure that you give it enough time to pass. If you turn to others during this time, you will find a support group to hold you stable as you, your energy and pain slowly dissipate. Trauma disrupts your body's natural equilibrium, freezing you in a state of hyperarousal and fear. In essence, your nervous system gets stuck. As well as burning off adrenaline and releasing endorphins, exercise and movement can actually help your nervous system become unstuck. Try to exercise for at least 10 minutes a day. Whether it's just taking a walk or at the gym does not matter. 30 minutes is preferential, but since trauma can be excruciatingly tough to overcome, 10 minutes is a good starting point. Exercise that is rhythmic and engages both your arms and legs, such as walking, running, swimming, basketball, or even dancing, works best. Instead of focusing on your thoughts or distracting yourself while you exercise, really focus on your body and how it feels as you move. Notice the sensation of your feet hitting the ground, for example, or the rhythm of your breathing or the feeling of wind on your skin as you run or walk. However, be sure to start light and progress towards making heavier exercise. Starting too heavy can also throw your body off balance. Seek the comfort of others. Isolation will only make things worse. Connecting to others face-to-face -face will help you heal, so make an effort to maintain your relationships and avoid spending too much time alone. You don't have to talk about the trauma. Connecting with others doesn't have to mean talking about your pain. Instead, talk about other things and direct your attention to the other areas of life. The main takeaway here is that comfort comes from feeling engaged and accepted by others. Become aware. Many things have been written about Reiki breathing er, techniques, and he has seen how dramatically one's life can change through mindful and conscious breathing. No matter how agitated, anxious, or out of control you feel, it's important to know that you can change your arousal system and calm yourself. Not only will this help relieve your anxiety, but it will also engender a greater sense of control. Remind yourself of this as you or someone you are treating or caring for moves through the trauma. Also be aware of other things that are calming. Each and every person's chakra and energetic field responds differently to different inputs. For example, does a specific sight, smell, or taste quickly calm your nerves? Or maybe petting an animal or listening to music works to quickly soothe you. Everyone responds to sensory input a little differently, so experiment to find what works best for you. Rest and eat well. Someone who has experienced trauma may have trouble doing this, but it is crucial to move through the pain. You must get plenty of sleep. After a traumatic experience, Worry or fear may disturb your sleep patterns, but a lack of quality sleep can exasperate your trauma symptoms and make it harder to maintain your emotional balance. Go to sleep and get up at the same time each day. Aim for seven to nine hours of sleep each night. Sleeping any less than the seven to nine hours after a traumatic event can cause symptoms to worsen as the energy depleted is not fully being restored. Whoops, hold on, I'm sorry guys. So he has a test here, if I can get back to where it was. Um, hold on just a second. Whether you're listening at home, at work, or anywhere, thanks for making Para-X part of your day. Your source for everything paranormal, Para-X. He has on this page a Reiki emotional and mental balance test. So I, you can go to the page obviously yourself, and read through all of this and have get the test. You just download it with your email. 
If you would rather not do that, I have it downloaded and I can send it to you. Just send me your request at michelle.deadzone at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot deadzone at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right, one more by our friends, that dead animal assembly plant, an oldie but a goodie, Rise. Not really so old, but we haven't played it for a while. And this is for you, Zach, and your crew. Millions 
of people are affected by the Para-X bug. I realize that it is something that will stay with me for the rest of my life and long into the afterlife as well. If you have the Para-X bug, there is hope. With a nightly visit to the Para-X website and intensive past life regression therapy, I can control it. Even with the Para-X bug, I can still lead an active life of radio show hosting, paranormal investigating, evidence checking, attending conferences, book writing, keeping up with the latest technology, and still keep my 40-hour-a-week day job. If you think that you have the Para-X bug or know someone who might, visit para-x.com. And remember, you are not alone. I am not alone. I. 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 I am not alone. The Para-X bug may cause the urge to chase shadow people, visit exotic haunted locations, adopt a pugwudgie, or spend all of your time trying to figure out the laws and principles of paranormal investigation. Listening to Para-X may increase these effects. Sudden visions of full-body apparitions or feeling the covers being pulled off you in the middle of the night by unseen hands may also be signs of exposure to the Para-X bug. The use of Para-X may be habit-forming and an overwhelming desire to provoke spirits may be a serious side effect. If these symptoms last more than four hours, you should quickly consult a trusted witch and have her cast a what-the-hell-are-you-thinking spell on you. If symptoms persist, please contact the Para-X Radio Network Homeland Security Team for further instructions. The Para-X bug may cause urges for late-night speaking with spirits and ghosts. Listening to Para-X may increase these effects. Overwhelming desire to try provoking a spirit may be a serious side effect. Those with Para-X bug effects lasting more than four hours should consult Para-X or see a professional. Sudden outbursts at the mention of orbs may be a sign of exposure to the Para-X bug. Use of Para-X may be habit-forming. Use caution when engaging in Para-X chat. Your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. Okay, and now, back to business. If all radio stations in town were palm trees, we'd be the one with the biggest coconuts. Now, here are the one, the only, Dead Zone. All right, we're going to be calling Laura Ketchledge right now. Hello? Hello? Here she is. All right, Laura, can you hear me? Well, I'm thr- yes, I am, and I'm thrilled to be with you tonight. All right, thank you very much. And uh, we just talked a few moments ago, and uh, you're kind of in the middle of, uh, middle of something, are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, good, l- <laughs> good, good luck with that. Yeah. We've all been there. So how's, oh, it, yeah. how's it going? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great, and I moved back to my hometown, and uh, things are wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Um, I can't believe it. Do we know each other? I mean, I know we have mutual friends. We've got Keith Age and Jason Snyder and everyone. Have we ever met? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, we were regulars at his events, uh, the um, uh, Mid-South. No, I've been, I was in Kentucky a lot of years and then in Florida a few years. So, okay. no, I don't think we've met. Well, that's that's amazing. That, well, that, that explains it, I guess, right? <laughs> Small world. Small world, yeah. Um, but uh, regardless of what's going on right now, I mean, I you've done a lot of things, right? I mean, uh, another zombie movie.net, near that TV.com, and your your own site, lauraketch.com, uh, of course, near death art. And my God, you can just do everything, right? I don't know about that, but I'm first and foremost a storyteller, a storyteller through my novels. Okay. And I kind of took a little vacation to do a movie because I wanted to do something light and funny. Okay. Well, uh, well tell us about it. What what movie? Another zombie movie? Um, I wrote, produced, and directed a zombie movie. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wrote it in just a few weeks after, um, you know, all the, the, you know, you had the Blair Witch and all these indie movies out there. And I oh, thought, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a storyteller. I could really uh, do something fun with this because I'm, you know, I'm over 50, but I love, love uh, The Walking Dead, zombie right. movies. I mean, I, I grew up <laughs> with this stuff and I totally enjoy it. Wait a minute. Thought, wait, Why wait. Why don't I write one with a plot? Wait a minute. <laughs> You're over 50. What's that have to do with anything? So am I. <laughs> you well, know, you know, you know, there's a lot of you, 
lot of people grow up and grow out of uh, being a kid, but but I never did. Right. I mean, um, uh, so I just wanted to do this uh, movie and uh, wrote a real story, and I was really broke at the time. But I did auditions, and I told them, you know, I'll put you in a movie. I can't pay, but I think it's going to be good. And I had 200 people yeah. come out to be in the movie, and they liked it because, number one, it was clean comedy. Right. And, uh, you know, it was sort of like a Mel Brooks-type uh, Oh, movie. that, was, that and, would be great, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what I tried for. But we had a wonderful turnout. We had the, you know, the the... the County judge executor let us shoot at our place. We got all these great locations. Yeah. Real cop cars, real airplanes, boat scenes. Wow. So for uh, a little indie movie that <laughs> I was broke at the time, it uh, it really turned out pretty good. Well, that's awesome. Is it? Can you can you get it today? Well, it's on uh, Amazon. It's called Another Apocalyptic Zombie Movie. Okay. A comedy that kills, basically, is what I say. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to do uh, a zombie movie where I explained what was the or- uh, origin. You know, we have this greedy pharmaceutical company that created a pandemic so they could sell vaccines, and that's how uh, the story uh, starts. Hmm. Not too far. Yeah. Right. That's that's what I was thinking. Oh, wow. Uh, A little little ahead of your time there. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I'm going to look. The movie was just something to do on the side because I had spent 10 years writing three novels and secluded in my office. Right. So I thought I'd do something with a little more extroverted. Right. It does take a while. Yeah, that that does take a while to, uh, to write. Yeah, I mean, going through writer's block is bad. I know that for a fact. I mean, I do the same thing with with my graphics. I can work on something for 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 a while, and then it's like I gotta get, I gotta get away from it. You know. Anyway. <laughs> well, I created a world when I started my novels, and you know, it was just um, an expression or an outreach because you know I had my near death experience, which I've, I've talked about extensively. Um, yeah. I had it back in the 70s, and there was nobody to talk to about it. Right. And when I did reach out to a doctor, you know, asked me if I was taking drugs. So when I had these experiences, they're odd, random, paranormal experiences, I just couldn't talk about it with people. I didn't want to be labeled a wackadoo, or um, I felt embarrassed, ashamed. There was nobody to talk to about it. So um, I just came out in, in these dreams, and I started writing down storylines so I could kind of get it out of my system and and uh, and write about it and it was very cathartic right now you say um, you had a near-death experience you've you've talked about again and again I assume well um, yeah what yeah, uh, I had the accident in 1979 okay what what was what was the deal with that if you don't before mind before the internet you know yeah yeah Than it is now, and there oh, was yeah. no, yeah, no cell no, phones, no, no, I think, yeah, there was nothing, yeah, yeah. And I what did what the did doctor in the emergency room? And and um, you know, I felt you know, he shamed me about it and asked me if I was on drugs, and I just <sighs> had such a shift in my core values that day that I never, I was never really the same. It was the most, uh, it was the catalyst of everything in my life, yeah. It was like, are you kidding me? I don't know what you know. I I get it. I understand completely. I mean, back in the hey, I was, my grandfather was a minister. I was born up, uh, brought up a good Presbyterian girl that sang in the church choir. Right. And when I had my near death experience, I did not have a religious epiphany. Right. That was the biggest shocker. Did you see yourself lying there or or anything like that? I I was on the horse one minute and I knew I was going to fall and I knew. You know, it was going to be, this was it, you know, one of these, this is it, I'm going to die moments. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, which hopefully doesn't happen too often. Yeah. <laughs> and I just left my body and went through this dark tunnel and um, had this fantastic experience that was, 
like a whole review of my life and my grandfather who I adored that had, was deceased he was with me and I had a very very hard time coming back yeah. um, I didn't want to come back and I just it was a whole a, like a, a shift in seeing what was reality and I felt that when I came back into physical reality that you know you and I are living in today yeah. it felt that felt foreign Right. It did for a while. It took me about 12 hours to calm down, but, you know, it, it changed me, and I was very grateful that I wasn't hurt worse. I was hurt pretty bad, but I guess so, yes. A lot yeah. worse. Yeah. yeah, I've fallen off the horse or two, uh, horse or two a few times. Yeah, not, 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 a, not a good good time at all. Man. <laughs> No. At least you weren't. Yeah. At least you weren't dragged, you know? It could have been worse. It oh, yeah. It could have been worse. It could have been that permanent, you know, I've got a, a bump in my nose and a crooked finger from the event, but uh, it was the biggest blessing I ever received. Right. Do you think maybe that's, yeah. that's kind of what happened? You went away so the pain and the trauma wouldn't be so bad? Well... I really can't know. You know, I've thought about that a lot. That's a very good question. Um, I think that it's very odd that I even returned because that was such a, a bad oh, yeah. fall. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have survived it. Really. Right now, you went face first into gravel or rock. No rocks in a ditch alongside oh, the uh, trail. So, oh, and man. you know, when you're galloping, you know, you're going thirty miles oh, yeah. an hour. Oh yeah. So I mean, it wasn't like I just rolled off. I went face first. I right. did have a helmet on. Good for you. I was, yes. still got. I still got pretty clobbered. Yeah, you could have broke your neck. You know. Oh uh, yes, yes. And I had um, strangers that were riding beside me. I didn't know these two guys, and they actually saved my life. Somehow resuscitated me and got me to the hospital. And I've never been able to thank them. Wow. Because when I woke up from this, I wasn't feeling too grateful or, or yeah. <laughs> sweet Christian thoughts. Right. Um, and I never got to say thank you to these guys. So, I, you know, if you, they're listening, you know, the little blonde that you saved in 1979, thanks. There you go. All right. Good yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Good for you. Man, now my nose hurts. You're making me, <laughs> making me start to think about it, and I'm, I'm starting to hurt. Man. <laughs> after that, you know. I had a horse farm for 15 years by myself, so, yeah, I I didn't learn. I love horses, but that chapter, that chapter's over. Yeah, well, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, that's what they say, right? I don't know. Oh, man, okay, near-death TV, now you talked about that on your near-death TV show, right, or your program. Yes, I did. What I wanted to do, you know, I thought about it long and hard, you know, I did not talk about my near-death experience till I was like 52. Yeah. So I went 30 years without talking about it, except to two family members that I confided in. You're right. And um, I, and I finally, you know, when I came, my books came, I was, you know, towards the end of editing them, uh, I decided to uh, um, to talk about it, and I um, told my story to my. I was on my ghost story twice sharing my paranormal experiences and uh very cool very cool you know, yeah. documentation uh of my house being haunted and uh all these paranormal investigation teams came to debunk me and all had positive <laughs> findings which is kind of cool right and i got me on some radio shows and i thought you know what I, you know I, I at the time i was like 52 years old i thought well, you know what i'm i'm I don't have the embarrassment factor of a young person. I'm just going to tell the truth. Right. And it was very freeing. And I'm just hoping, you know, now that I started Near Death TV, where I interview celebrities and um, authors who've had near death experience, and we take, we don't do any, um, uh, we keep religion out of it. We kind of, it's like a very Absolutely. factual show. Absolutely. But there's a, some very ethical information out there like I've interviewed um, Raymond Moody okay and even Alexander and Robert Trumley these all these New York Times best-selling authors have come on my show and then we kind of just go over the facts so that there is some place that somebody can go and you know kind of hear the truth right 
and it's very important for me because there's, you know, there's uh, a lot of commercialism and, you know, you have to kind of weed through shows, but there's some very good books and ethical people that are talking about NDEs. Yes. Oh, yeah. I agree. Very cool, man. Maybe, um, well, neardeathtv.com, guys, so go check that out. I mean, if you're having trouble dealing with a situation that you're you don't want to really talk about go right there you know no I, one's gonna I, no I one's gonna it, judge you no one's gonna judge you no one's gonna you no know yeah yeah you know no one's gonna and we don't put any um religious agenda or judgment or guilt on whoever has a near-death experience and what what happens to them because and you don't I think yeah you don't try to pick it apart and, and say oh you just no. did this yeah i hate that i really do yeah yeah we don't no we, shaming you no, know and no. uh, you know i'm pretty pretty selective who i have on the show i just want a positive message out there because i only wish that i had heard a show like that 40 years ago or had some sort Someone. of reference because right. I, I fell into a very bad melancholy after my accident right and i think a lot of people are that way too and i, I think you do too right yeah 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 when we when we have people on the show we number one no politics number two no religion okay we don't want any we don't want anyone we don't want to fight we don't want anything like that mm-hmm. we want just to be just informational you know what i mean yeah to Listen share to people's it. honest yeah. experiences exactly it's it's all different. I you know what I say. After my near death experience, I've had clues clues into the afterlife or to the um, non physical reality. Just a glimpse here and there. Right. You know, nobody's got a full cup of psychic. Let's face it. Yeah, but we right. can have you know a little bit of 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 these interesting insights to give us a general idea of how things work. And I think it's comforting to know where we're going after life is over. Right. And if someone happens to disagree with you, you know, it's okay. We're just talking. And it, yes, it, no it, worries. You know, I've had right. some people say some things to me that were, you know, less than gracious. And I said, uh, you yeah. know, that's okay. That's your opinion. Exactly. And we all have come from a different, you know, we're all walking a different path in life. And this happens to be my path. Exactly. And a lot of people need to hear that because they don't hear it anywhere else. You know, my wife. I don't know. My wife is the I, same way. My, she, I'm telling you, I wish we didn't have to go through this pandemic because she would be here with me right now and talking to you. And you guys could go on for hours. I can tell you that I'm right sure. now. I'm, I can that tell you that. Be delightful. It would that would be, be awesome. delightful. It would be great. Wow. I took my own experiences, you know, and parlayed them into you know my novels. But there's actually. A story and a mystery and a little romance in it, yeah. uh, you know. You know, and the psychic phenomena is just sort of the icing on the cake. Right now, you cake. you you have three that I know of, right? Three novels. I've written three books, and I'm working on book four. Working on four, okay. And for some reason or another, they have something to do with horses, right? Oh, of course, <laughs> they're set in the horse world, wrapped in a murder mystery, yeah. and have had have um characters that have had near-death experiences yeah. and returned with different psychic gifts right and those can be found on on your do you have a website for those but they can be found on amazon uh, for the sure com, or they can just go to amazon yes and you know if you look up my first book near death connection by laura Kesslidge, it's got all my other books throwaway yeah. horses and reincarnation connection right i changed central characters the same group of characters in the first book but each book has a different central character and a different perspective. Right. Now, have those sold, have those done well for you, I should say? Well, I've gotten um, some really great positive feedback. It's hard to, you know, break into the writing world. I mean, people that have read my books have raved about it, which is great. At least they didn't trash them. (laughs) Uh, But there's a lot of books out there to read. So I plan to um, do my own marketing, and um, I'm self-published. I have my own publishing company. Oh, cool! And I, you know, really wanted. I didn't want to edit them heavily. I really had a story to tell, and I think when you pick up a book that's 500 pages and has a real story and real explanation, step by step, you know how these characters figure out the afterlife. 
it's a page turner. Yeah, but like everything else, I mean, like you said, you you were on a few of the uh, travel channel shows, right? Yeah, I just did Paranormal Night Shift. Uh, so did I. I. Just a few months ago. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, it was really interesting. I got to. Uh, with Paranormal Night Shift, the producers were wonderful. They flew me up to New York, and, uh, you know, I explained step-by-step step what happened yeah. when I went to be a caretaker and the uh, really scary paranormal experience I had. Yeah. And um, they had a, a, an expert. They are uh, very meticulous about uh, fact-checking, which I appreciated. Yeah. I'm, I uh, was one of the uh, associate producers, Tobin. Tobin. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I went. I did the same thing. Um, Buffalo, New York, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I, I was at too. It was cool. Oh, they're, they're great people. Um, I did my guest story in 2011, and I mean 2000, and yeah, 11 and 2013. So it had been a while since I'd done a TV show. Oh wow, it's I been that off, long. I yeah, I took off five years out of my career to caretake both my dying parents. Oh, okay. Mother had stage four cancer, dad had Parkinson's, so I put everything on hold for five years to take well, you care of to. them until they passed away. You have to, and that's a lot of stress on you, and good for you. For it was, a, it, was a, um, it was a, a gift to me, it was very exhausting, it was a gift to me. Um, and as my father was dying, we had a shared death experience, which I never even thought could happen. Yeah. So I thought that was absolutely wonderful, and to see my father young again was uh, extremely comforting. Oh yeah. No, he's okay. Yeah, well, that's really cool. I mean, I'm going to ask you to explain that. How did you have a shared death experience? Well, as much as I think that I'm, I'm, I'm with it, you know, and hip to all the the, <laughs> the lingo and whatever. I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I don't read other people's paranormal experiences per se because I never want that to influence my novels. Right. I want to come at it as a fresh, clean experience so I don't, you know, uh, take from others or get influenced. Yes. So um, it's a very sad. My dad, you know, had Parkinson's and I won't go into the details, but he was in a, a coma, almost a vegetative state yeah. for the last uh, few days and I brought him home. I mean, I, neither of my parents died in a hospital or a nursing home. They, they were home with me. And the thing is, if you really want to hear it, I'll tell you. Go right? ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, my dad had been in the chain stoke breathing where, you know, yes. uh, you have uh, the respirations bad, and, you know, I've given him the morphine, and I brought in the hospice nurse because I'd been up for about 40 hours straight. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't slept in two nights, so, you know, I told her, I said, you know, call me if his breathing changes or gets more shallow. I had to get up into bed, and I just had to lay down. I just needed that 15 minutes. Right. Well, I went to lay down, and all of a sudden, I was in this different place. Okay. And my dad was with me, and we were in a car, and it was all black and white. Yeah. And I, I knew that this was um, a paranormal experience because of my my sight and my... It was so intense. It was nothing like a dream. It was like an astral projection or something. Right. So my dad and I were in this car, and I looked at him, and he wasn't 90, in his 90s. He was in his 30s. He was what you remembered, right? No, this was before I was born. I mean, he looked oh. younger than my, the, the the pictures I saw when I was a kid with him. Oh, okay. And, you know, we were, and then we were standing in this place. We gotten out of the car. And, you know, he was explaining to me that it was time for him to go. Yeah. And that he was going to go. And uh, the first thing I wanted to do is, like, because he didn't believe in life after death, it's like, I told you so. That was my first, in, in, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was a, he was a big was skeptic, right? right? Yeah. So. Yeah. so anyways, he had this piece of paper. He says, I'm tearing up the contract, and I'm going. And all of a sudden, I was sitting up in bed. And I heard my dad make this horrible gasp two seconds later, and I ran in there, and he had expired. And it was so comforting because I was with him and at his side as he left. Right. 
And I, I had to talk about, um, I had to contact an expert about this, who I won't say yeah. who it is, a, a very famous author. And I just blurted out everything. And I said, I've never had an experience like that. What happened? Am I losing my mind? Did I, how could I be with my father? And uh, this very famous expert said, you had a shared death experience. And that was a new word for me. This is in uh, 2017. Yeah. But since I had been so close to Dad and been his caretaker and done everything for him, you know, for the last five years, we had a strong bond. And I knew that when um, he died, he was in a good place. Right. You know, that was a lot of that was a blessing in my book. Right. And once again, I'm going to say that you and Michelle really do need to talk because you're just not too terribly long ago. Her mother passed away and she was, for some reason, allowed to be there mm-hmm. the moment you know it happened and that's been i think a year with this christmas it, for some reason and i don't know why and there's no ex- explanation for it when we talked about her we you know we would decorate the the uh, living room there in our house the lights would come on and go yeah. off and yeah. go off some... and go off at you know at a, at a decent time the lights would come on and then go off hours later without us touching him there's there's no timer there's no nothing and it was kind of it's kind of weird it's kind of like she was there because we lived two states away pretty cool always for, I, all, I look, always wrong. i think that that has got to be so comforting here for your wife to have her call me anytime i mean yeah that would be great um i'd love to chat with her uh the one thing about the shared death experience is I really believe it was a gift to me. That's what he did for me. Exactly. Yes. Because you know, I'm in when he died. I, you know, of course, I felt grief stricken, but I was happy for him that he wasn't suffering in pain that anymore. He no longer had he, right. he had Parkinson's. You know, when my mother died, I was happy that that that, that the horror of cancer wasn't with her anymore. Right. And I mean, that's that again the same similarities are crazy because I mean in the end there she was like seeing things that weren't there and and you know I really wish you guys would talk though anyway anyway we're uh, getting kind of one other thing that happened that, yes that absolutely listeners might interesting absolutely. Um, a few months before dad died well no I guess it was maybe it was a month and a half ago he uh, I put him in for his nap and he came out and I had dinner ready and he said was there a party here <laughs> Janice and Janice is my first name. Uh-huh. Laura is my pen name or professional name. I right. said, I said, Daddy, there wasn't a party here. You know, um, what do you mean? He goes, Well, he said, I just thought Bill was here. You know, and my cousin Bill, he's been dead for years. Right. And he said, He said he was he, he was trying to take me. So you know, he was came to here. All these people came oh, to see yeah. me, and they yeah. were glad to see me. And I said, Well, Dad, that's good. Why don't you know sit down for? Um, for your food so he started to eat and then he got up and he had an ischemic stroke and he was falling to the oh, floor man. with yeah. a stroke right. and I caught him and I, I ripped my rotator cuff and and, and uh, it was able to catch him so we didn't hit the ground right. but uh, we got him into bed and called hospice and my ex came over and helped me and stuff but he told me later you know because he recovered from the ischemic that mm-hmm. You know, there was all these people in the living room waiting to see him, wanting to see him. Right, same thing, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is. Yeah, but when he said my cousin Bill, you know, uh, Bill has been dead. Yeah. I don't know. It's like in the seventies. I. Right. That was just kind of a shock for me. Yeah, I mean that, that was kind of a clue too, though, right? Like. You know. Oh yeah, I knew that this time was near when that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because you you can see uh, people and they come to get you. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting and very cool. And I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I'm kind of glad that you did because I'm sure Michelle is glad that she went through what she did with hers, with her her mom. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a gift to care for your elderly parents, even though it's hard as heck. Right. And it's heartbreaking to see them go downhill. But the fact they were there for you when you were a child, and I'm, I'm glad I was able to be with them and take care of them for the five years. Right. And you were there knowing that it's okay now. Yeah, I did a lot of preparing my mother, you know, about um, the uh, what would happen when you died. She very, very much believed me yeah. um, and was very open to it. So I think her transition, you know, uh, out of this world was 
kind of a relief because stage four cancer is hell on earth. Oh yeah, I had two in my jaw. A little more than five years out, so I'm still okay. You know. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. Um, well, I hate to uh, end this on on that kind of a note. I hope we didn't depress everyone, but I mean that's you know it's a really cool <laughs> thing. You know, it's really cool. And once again, if you guys want to uh, just go check out some of the stuff, go go to our website. It's um, near that TV dot, near death TV dot com, and you can. Well, I'm also on Apple and all the other. You know, I'm on a lot of platforms and YouTube. It's near death TV host Laura Kaplich. That's probably the easiest access. Okay, there you go. So you guys yeah. got that, and you can get her books on Amazon, and she's writing a brand new one too. So a lot of things going on. Uh, I, I, evidently, the uh, pandemic's not stopping you at all. <laughs> You're very kind. And you know what is great about the near-death TV mm -hmm. um, is because, you know, these people have these experiences, and they come back with a lot more joy in everyday life. And that's what I think is a very positive thing is yeah. just to enjoy our time here and be positive and be kind when you can. Absolutely. Laura Kessler, guys. Go check it out. I appreciate you coming on, and I hope you will come back on again. And I really do hope that when you do, if if you and Michelle can't get together, at least you can come back on when she's here and you guys talk. I would be delighted. You have a good evening, and you have a great show. It's much appreciated. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Lee. If you missed tonight's show or any other show, you can always check them out in the archives on the ParaX Radio Network, or you can go to our website and click on any of your favorite apps. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.